0: Rachel here and you're listening to Checking Off Your List with Rachel Luther. We're going to hear stories of success and failure as people share how they've exponentially grown their business through building a team. My goal, help you achieve success you've only dreamed about through the power of outsourcing. Thank you again for joining another episode of Checking Off Your List with Rachel Luther. Today, I am sitting here with Ariana from Scale & Simplify. She was a virtual assistant turned online business manager, and now she is focusing on creating days and intensives about how to outsource and how to do it effectively. I'm pretty sure we have the same brain in so many ways, (laughs) just based on what I know about Ariana and our background. So, um, Ariana, thank you so much for joining us today. I'd love to hear a little bit about you and your background. And so why don't you go ahead and just introduce yourself?
1: Well, thank you for having me, first of all. Super excited um, and partly because, like you just said, I feel like we have a lot, both of us have a lot to say on this topic. So excited to chat with you. Um... So like you were saying, I started out as a virtual assistant that was back in 2017. And really that started because um, I was in a human resources role within a corporate setting. And I just um, I had had my first child and I knew that by my second child, I wanted to not have a full-time job anymore. And so it was just kind of like start freelancing to do whatever it was that I could do to kind of have a different schedule and start building a different lifestyle. Um, and so that was in 2017. I made that jump into the world and kind of just Opened up a whole can of worms. Started <laughs> figuring out what the what the online world was all about. I had no idea what I was getting myself into. So just lots of learning and everything um, in those early days. Um, and I kind of you know I sort of quickly transitioned kind of into more tech VA roles, and then became an online business manager. Um, I just I noticed very early on as soon as I started working with clients as a VA kind of you know all of the hr stuff would start coming back to me and i would start wondering why are people not doing the things that we were taught in school for hr and that i did in a corporate setting like why is this not translating into the online world so um all of that has kind of led me up to this point where now i'm more so focusing on helping people with that delegating and outsourcing piece
0: yeah so i would love to get from your hr background because I totally agree with you in that we can use HR and those skills in other ways in other areas. And I I love how you kind of think about that as you started providing services to clients and realizing clients need to start incorporating that. Business owners need to think that way, not only as they outsource and hire a team, but just in figuring out even further what that looks like for their, you know, for outsourcing. I don't think people realize or think about the fact that when you outsource, it really is the same type of process in so many ways as far as HR goes. And so I'm curious how you were able to take the concept of like a client avatar because that's what we always talk about. You hear business owners talk about client avatars, but I think it's a great idea to kind of use that same thought process and that same concept for your team members. And I don't hear the business owners that I talk to talking about, oh, my, my team member avatar or my team vision, this is what I'm looking for in my team. Now, in the corporate world, yes, for sure. But the small business mm-hmm. owner who's beginning to scale their business, I think that's something that they need to start applying, which is one of the things that we connected on. And so tell me a little bit more how you, how you started to incorporate that for clients and how you started to incorporate your HR background in the services that you provide for small businesses?
1: Right. Um, Great question. So, I mean, first off, just to backtrack slightly, I think the reason why it's not really talked about and why it doesn't translate or those HR concepts don't translate is because, you know, on the one hand, oftentimes, depending on, you know, what background the business owner is coming from, that they're starting their business, they haven't been taught anything like that. Right. It's not like we go to school and then become an entrepreneur. So there's <laughs> like, that. There piece. is no entrepreneur school necessarily. <laughs> yeah. And then there's also like, I feel people have a lot of an aversion to anything that reminds them of their past corporate life. It's like we all have these like traumatic stories and we just don't want our businesses to remind us of that. And, you know, having like thinking of your business as having an HR department is just so far from what most people want. And so people kind of push that back. That's um, interesting
0: because I did not come from the corporate world. I actually started my mm-hmm. business right out of college. And so awesome. I don't have that thought process, but I get what you're saying. You you left the corporate world to avoid the mm-hmm. corporate world. And so- yeah. Certain things are associated with that. One of which would be an HR department and HR in general, which is sometimes known as the man. You know, yeah. <laughs> so yeah,
1: exactly, I,
0: I get that, and I had not thought about that based on my experience because that's not that's not my life. That's not what right. I where I came from. So, I yes, I think I'm glad you mentioned that. I think that that's a good thing to realize that as business owners, we're trying to avoid that. But really, I think what we're trying to avoid are the issues and the problems that come along with that. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, and it doesn't have to be the way that maybe you've experienced it in the past, right? And so, mm-hmm. I guess where like the whole idea of an ideal team member, or sometimes I call it the ideal contributor avatar, mm-hmm. is because it still deals with people. Like, you know, HR is all about people, our businesses are all about people. Um, and when we talk about marketing, we start with the person. So the ideal client avatar, because that's where it all starts. But hiring our yeah. our team and structuring our business also deals with people. And so I just kind of, I, I don't really know how it came up for me the first time, but I just kind of thought, okay, I, like I'm creating ideal client avatars. I'm, I should really also be envisioning the team that I want to have kind of, you know, what kind of person is that? And um, I can go into detail a bit later on like, how I go through that. Um, Yeah. But it all kind of starts with creating your organizational chart. So, you know, back when I was in HR, we would create an org chart with the whole company um, and we would mark all of the different jobs. And so we would say, um, these are the current roles. These are roles and jobs that we want to open up in the next 12 months. Um, These are potential you know, retirees, for example, or maybe these are potentially people who are going to leave the organization and we need to make sure that we have a plan in place for who's going to replace them. Um, Mm -hmm. And while that might not sound like it applies to you, if you're like a solopreneur or you just have you and like one or two contractors, it definitely does because even though you're one to three human people, (laughs) you're Mm -hmm. still filling a whole bunch of different roles. Right. I think right. in that scenario, at least what I did, and I think
0: exactly what you're saying, is to kind of write out your dream org chart or mm-hmm. yeah. write out your org chart based on responsibilities, not necessarily people, and so that you know who you are going to need if that person isn't on your team or to figure out what to expand next or that type of thing. So that is something that is a great place to start for sure. And it, was, it has been helpful for me to create an org chart to help me know what I'm going to outsource next or mm-hmm. what I'm going to be doing next in my business. So I think that makes sense.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think it helps you to also like having that vision of, like you said, in the future, what is the ideal, like big picture ideal? What does that org chart look like? You're placing yourself in the CEO seat. And so you're reminding yourself that that is the position that you are are putting yourself in <laughs> um, so that you can mm-hmm. build out build out from there. Yeah. So how do
0: you go from that to, to building that avatar? What's your kind of your process of working through that?
1: Yeah. So, um, you want to start with picking a role, right? Um, which like, what is the highest priority? And I mean, um, you, I think you have other episodes on that and we could have a whole other session on just that piece, like picking what to outsource, but once you, right. (laughs) (laughs) That's a whole thing for sure. Yeah, once you've gotten there, you want to start writing out your ideal contributor avatar um, the same way that you may have done for your ideal client avatar. So, you know, be specific. We always hear this in marketing too, like be as specific as you can be as far as picturing what that person's life looks like. So, you know, assuming that you have a list of the responsibilities that this person would be taking over for you, Um, even if it's not a hundred percent complete, that's totally fine. You want to start with thinking of, you know, who, like, who are they? How kind of, how do they approach their work? How do they, where do they live? What are their work hours? What sort of past experiences have they had? So what jobs have they had? Um, even thinking back to like, hmm, I wonder what kind of part-time job this person might have had in high school. And just starting to paint a picture of like this ideal person that would make sense to place in a role like that, in, again, in an ideal. It sounds
0: like you almost have to make sure you consider the professional aspect of it as well as some of the personal aspect of it. In that, do they work in the same way that you work? Talking about what hours do they work And that type of thing, like that comes down to not necessarily job skill and job experience, but do they fit in your culture and do they fit in your business and, and meet your needs in light of how you work as the owner? So it seems like you're kind of encompassing both of those things in that,
1: in that list. Yes, exactly. So you want to look at, you know, like what are this person's superpowers? What are they great at doing? But also how are they doing it? Like, how do they, what do they do when they make a mistake? how mm-hmm. like what do they do to learn or what happens when they're working and they get stuck on something or confused like what do you want somebody to do in those situations um because when you like when you answer all of these questions and you have this like story and all of this de- these details about the person um everything else can fall into place more easily. So like you basically yeah. already have your your job description and your job ad. You can have your interview questions pulled from this because then you can say, okay, I'm gonna ask somebody when I chat with them, what do they do when they get stuck on a problem and nobody's around mm-hmm. to help them? You know what their answer should be. <laughs> so you can kind of mm-hmm. mirror it and see, okay, does this match with what I'm actually looking for as opposed to, Um, we often hire sort of reactively and not necessarily have something to measure against. Um, and so creating the avatar gives you all of those answers that, that you should be looking for.
0: Yeah. Those three questions I think are critical to finding the right person for your team. At least when I look at how we expand our team at Check Off Your List and when we're hiring another virtual assistant or another team member in some way, I feel like any Roadblocks or concerns we've had with team members stem from one of those three things. Mm-hmm. Now, you may not ask that a specific question of those three things, but figuring those three elements about how someone works out and how they tackle their job is definitely a make or break of their success in your company and in your your culture. So I think that would have been very helpful for me to know years ago when I was starting to expand my team. So I love that. And just the way that you narrowed it down to those three things, because I think it, it makes a big
1: difference. Yeah, um, totally. There's a book, I think it's called Hiring for Attitude, and I forget the author. Um, but he talks specifically about how to sort of craft interview questions that don't give your candidates the answer that you want them to give. Like don't give away the answer that you want them to say. <laughs> a lot of um, interview questions are exactly like that. You yeah. kind of already know what the right answer is. Yeah, exactly. Because they're they're not posed as open-ended as they could be. So um, I would recommend that as well, just as like a reading that you could use to then kind of get at the things that are in your avatar. In a way that is going to actually bring it out in an authentic way when you're chatting with somebody.
0: Yeah, we can definitely put that book and the author. I'm sure we can figure out who, who it is mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> put that in the show notes because that sounds like a wonderful resource.
1: Yeah, um, and I was going to say too, like once you start creating the avatar, oftentimes, especially if it's like the first couple of people that you're you're hiring, it's you know, like you haven't built out a whole team yet. Um, that person might be very similar to you because you you just like, you wanna clone yourself, right? Like in, <laughs> in the early days, you're just thinking like, I need a clone of myself to do all of the things. And while a lot of it will, there will be overlap, like, you know, in the attitude and the way that you work, you also wanna be kind of cognizant of, you know, where your weaknesses are and how, what this avatar, this person, um, how they could supplement and complement those weaknesses, and then you know what potentially their weaknesses are. And it's it's fine that they don't know graphic design because they're not doing anything. They're not doing anything related to that.
0: Yeah, I think that is key. Considering the balance. Yeah, we do as business owners. The first thing we want to do is clone ourselves. If I only had another person like me to do what I'm doing, then I could get so much more done, or I could have a break. Any of those things. But really, I I think you're onto something. Like. No, find your weaknesses, find someone who complements you and fills in your gaps. And that's when you can get more done. That's when things become more effective and you're scaling in a way that benefits your business exponentially.
1: Yeah, totally. And if you, like one of the things I do is I I ask myself, what do I hate doing? (laughs) Like, What do Mm -hmm. I absolutely hate doing? And already like you have a list there of things that your ideal um, contributor avatar Loves doing ideally, (laughs) right? Right.
0: It does. It guides you on. These are the tasks that I know I need someone to do. Let me find someone who loves doing these things because they exist. And that was hard for me to realize at first. I think that was one of the slowest things for me was realizing that people were actually excited to do things that I didn't want to do. And I felt guilty Mm -hmm. pawning tasks off to other people. Like that's how I felt like I was (laughs) approaching things. Like, I'm so sorry you have to do this. And then I'd be shocked when they were super excited to dive into that task. And <laughs> and so I you are exactly right. Like that figuring that out and finding someone who compliments you makes such a difference.
1: yeah. i I've done that too, where I have somebody on my team who she loves to like do repetitive, predictable tasks. That is mm-hmm. like, where she thrives and how she enjoys working. And I, like, I laughed when you said that you felt bad because I'm like I'm that was exactly me, especially, you know, until I realized that that was really where she thrived. Um, I was always like, well, I feel bad that like, I'm just throwing all of these things that are, you know, repetitive and she's having to sift through all of this information and, and all of this. But yeah, like we're different people and we need our team to balance each other out.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think that's a great way to tackle it. That's a good
1: mentality. Um, Now, the other thing for the avatar, what I really love using is personality types. So you might have seen, like if you've ever sort of seen a job ad or anything, people will ask for you to put in the ideal or like their personality types, whether that be Myers-Briggs or like the the DISC or Enneagram or there's a number of them.
0: Yeah, there Um, are several and they're often associated with hiring and that type of thing. Although I personally struggle figuring that out. So I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Tell me more about how you
1: recommend using those. Sure. Um, so I mean, sometimes, honestly, people ask that just to make sure you're reading the application. <laughs> like it is like, okay, a okay. <laughs> test just to see that you read the question and answered it. Um, but you can use it strategically. So again, when I was in, in an HR role, we went through the whole organization and we mapped out using the disk assessment, um, mm-hmm. which is like, it's four sort of, I don't know what to call them, quadrants or areas, four areas. And Mm -hmm. um, it's like disk influence, stability, and I forget the C, compliance. Um, Yes, (laughs) yes. (laughs) I think that's what those are. That's the one I'm most familiar with. Okay, cool. Good. Um, So we went through the entire organization and mapped out like ideally for each role, what would the disk be? And I mean, this was like a long process. You don't have to go through like this in, in great detail. But what you can do is go like pick the personality assessment that most aligns with how you think or like that you're most familiar with. Okay. And go read up on it. Like go, you probably know your, yours. Like if you know your Myers Briggs inside and out, then go read up on some of the other ones. And once you've written out your ideal contributor avatar, see where you think they would place on those, Mm -hmm. on those personality types. So for me, it's easiest to kind of like look at the different dimensions. So if it was disc, I would look at the D and think, okay, well, based on this avatar, are they going to be a high D or a low D and then go through it that way? If you were doing Myers-Briggs, you would go, okay, are they an extrovert or introvert? What, what makes more sense? Right. Which one better, which One fits
0: in this role best.
1: Yeah. So like once you've already described your avatar, you can then say, okay, well, this person, based on what I'm reading in my description here, this person is likely an E, extrovert. Mm -hmm. Um, And then go through all of it and pick, you know, you don't have to, like, this is not a scientifically accurate (laughs) thing to do. Um, But pick whatever matches most and maybe pick even the top two that you think would most well align because certain things like, like I was just talking about my team member who loves to do repetitive, like consistently doing similar tasks over a period of time, um, in the disc sort of assessment, that would be a high S. And so you don't want somebody, if they come back and they're a low S And you know that this job requires them to like look at a spreadsheet of a thousand items and do that day in and day out. (laughs) Like it's it's not they may think they want the role, but they don't. It's just not going to be a good match. And you're going to end up going back and hiring somebody else. Um,
0: You'll have higher turnover for sure. If you find someone in a role that doesn't meet their personality well. You've talked about outlining the tasks that you need them to do, creating an org chart, and then working through that org chart to figure out the type of personality that you need to best fit those roles. It seems like the, that's sort of the process you go through so far as you create the avatar. And so kind of what what comes next once you've done those things and sort of figured that out for your company, what's next?
1: Um, next would be to kind of, use, you know, you would use that to create your job description and your job ad. Um, mm-hmm. job ads really need to be clear so that you a are not wasting your time. Just like with generating leads, you're not wasting your time on things that on talking to people or reviewing applications that really are not very likely to be the right fit. Yes. I
0: love how you said to be specific. Like, I think it almost makes as much sense to say the quote unquote the bad of the position as much as the good parts of the position. Yes. People need to know what they're signing up for. And this is this is what it looks like this is what it looks like on a day-to-day basis and this is what you're doing. Not that I'm an expert on writing those because <laughs> I certainly don't, but I feel like that would help eliminate the people you don't want to talk to.
1: Yeah, exactly. You want to be specific and you want to talk to that avatar. So the like you said the good, the bad and the ugly like they <laughs> if if you're writing it to attract the right person, the right person reading that is going to you know, either eliminate themselves from applying because it doesn't match with them, um, or if it is matching with the ideal avatar, then they're going to be like, yes, this is exactly for me.
0: Yeah, I think even the quote-unquote ugly parts will be exactly for them if yeah. it's a right fit. That won't feel like the ugly parts like for you an ugly part would be the detail like the consistent work that your one team member likes to do just the repetitive consistent tasks to some people that would sound awful and that will eliminate it from elim- that will eliminate them from the process but to her that team member she's excited about that <laughs> so that's a great way to weed people out that you don't want to waste their time you don't want to waste your time
1: Yeah, exactly. Like you're not writing that job posting for yourself. You're again, bringing it back to the ideal person. And what would get them excited about the role? What would make them say, yes, this is like, what is going to help them recognize themselves in that description? Really, you're selling the role. I mean, if you want to make sure that you're attracting really good quality people who are going to love to be on your team That needs to be, you know, it's like a sales page, like your job posting Mm -hmm. is like the equivalent of your sales page. You want to make sure that you are clear on what it is and build the excitement so that that person who is right for it is going to apply and um, show up, show up for everything.
0: Yeah, that's a great way to put that because you really are, you're selling your company, you're selling the position and that job, which is very similar to selling a service or a product. You are talking to your target market, someone who is looking for a job, looking for a role. And so that's a that's a really good way to put how you are going to put together your job description.
1: Yeah. And then once you have, you know, the applications have come in and you've been talking to people, um, first of all, you want to make sure that Everything you do from there on out, from the time that you've written your avatar, is you're referring back to it. So be strategic about it. Oftentimes, you know, we'll be tempted to hop on calls with people and just kind of chat informally and hire the first person we like. (laughs) But um, obviously, (laughs) yes, yes. there has to be like the chemistry and you have to feel like you're going to get along with the person for sure. But there's so much more to it. And we can't forget about those other things that we need to be assessing. And so, you know, making sure that you are asking questions that are tailored to the ideal description you've put forth, and then also going back to the personality types, like, once you've gotten off that call with them, um, obviously, you're going to remember how you felt. Or not so good chatting with them. Um, mm-hmm. but you still want to sit back and refer back to the personality types and kind of ask yourself realistically and openly is this actually the right fit? Like, this might be an amazing person, fine, great. <laughs> but mm-hmm. if, you know, in the personality assessment that you chose, they don't match in most of the areas, um, they're not going to be happy in the role. They're not going to perform the way that you need them to perform in that role. And so just making sure that you actually stick to like the strategy that you laid out beforehand once you get to the point when you're actually talking to real people, (laughs) making sure that you think back to that.
0: Yeah, for sure. Because at least in my experience, that's when it starts to become more emotional and you forget some of what you laid out that you wanted because you log on to this call you like that person, you want to work with them, and all of a sudden you sort of forget that you need them to be X, Y, Z. It's all laid out on paper, but then, oh, but I like them and this works well. I think we'll work well together. But you won't work well together if they aren't the (laughs) right fit for that role. It won't last long term. You might be good friends, but you may not be good coworkers in that type of relationship. And I know that my HR person uh, at Check Off Your List, she has looked at me and said, oh, I really like this person, but they're not a good fit for this role, which is really sad. We'd be friends, but this isn't going to be a good fit for X, Y, Z reasons, the same type of things that you're saying. And I think that it's important to separate that. And I think that it's important to go through the steps exactly how you outlined it and do that legwork before you're talking to somebody so that you can create it with an unbiased opinion. And you're not thinking of a certain person or wanting to make them fit because you like them.
1: Yeah, exactly. Just like you said, an unbiased opinion, like having that work done up front is going to help you make a decision, like an informed and strategically aligned decision um, based on the decisions and details that you outlined before it got emotional or or whatever it might be.
0: Yeah, I think that's great. So. I, I mean, it seems like we've worked through a lot of what it takes to build the avatar. Is there, is there anything past that interview and going back and just making sure that they line up with the avatar? Or um,
1: So kind of what comes next, or is that pretty much what you work through to, to do that? Um, that's the bulk of it. I mean, it's something that you refine over time as well. There's definitely, you're going to put things in your avatar that you thought would be right, but you're going to learn that they're not <laughs> through mm-hmm, experience. Mm-hmm. And you really don't know, you can't refine that until you actually start working with people um, and you know hiring people for different types of roles within your business. And I think that's important to recognize and realize. And as business owners, we may
0: not hire that many positions. We may not get that much experience, which is why I recommend outsourcing that task. Outsourcing your HR and having someone else help you hire might be the key to your success of building your team because they've been through the process. They know how to be objective. They know how to create these standards and build an avatar that really meets your needs rather than fits what you think you want because those can be two different things. Mm -hmm. I think I need this, but on paper, when I actually think it through and write it down, it becomes something else. And that's what you actually need. So I think that, you know, depending on where a business is and what they're doing, it might make sense to find someone to help you work through that process. And um, they also, which is something that I wanted to ask you about as well, you t- you've you talked about like creating a team that has the vision that you want, like creating a clear vision for your team as you grow. And I think that that's kind of important. I don't know that we leaned into that too much when we were talking about creating the org chart, but I think that's an important aspect as you're building your team, you want to make sure that you have a vision in order to create those individual avatars. So tell me more about that. Like, is there anything that you would recommend or say about how to know what vision you want for your team?
1: Yeah, for sure. So normally I start with kind of, you know, going through and envisioning what you want your business as a whole in general to look like in, you know, three years, like really big high level picture. Um yeah, and yeah, then higher of, for
0: years down the road for sure.
1: <laughs> yeah, and then kind of scale that back to okay, what am I doing in the next 12 months? What are my goals? And then what is what does that org chart need to look like in order to actually support those? Um mm-hmm. and like I said before, I mean, you're going to put yourself into the CEO seat and you want to think about things like how many people are reporting to me? Like do you, are you okay with having five, six people directly reporting to you or in your ideal life, do you maybe only have one main point of contact on the team and they're managing all the other team members, right? So just thinking about how you want to work and how you want that org chart to be laid out. And then also what departments do you have? And so, I mean, sometimes it's hard for us to think about departments when we're like, oh, I have three people. (laughs) on (laughs) the Right, right. (laughs) Um, but you can have three people who are is because we're so small and kind of diverse when we're at that size of a small team um mm-hmm. you can have three people but technically they're filling like 6 7 different roles okay they're wearing de- yes. different hats and so you want to think about it i think you said near the this towards the beginning of our chat um think about the roles not the people Mm -hmm. And so just lay out what are the departments? Like you have your marketing department, you have your sales department, you have your administrative support and whatever else, your service delivery, whatever else it might be. So you want to lay all of that out and start thinking about what are the functions? Like before you put people into it, think about the functions. And then from there, you can start placing people into those roles and obviously having, like I said, multiple people or multiple roles (laughs) with Mm -hmm. just the same person's name in them. And that's totally fine. The org chart is something that's going to evolve over time. Again, as you learn and as your business evolves, but you want to start somewhere. Like you want to start creating what does the idea look like and considering what are the areas, like where do we want to grow and what is needed from like a human resource perspective to actually support that.
0: Yes, and I experienced that exact thing at Check Off Your List when we started. And as I continued to grow my team, my marketing team, my sales team, and my customer service team was all one person. (laughs) And so (laughs) those were definitely three different roles, though. But as we fill our needs where we are, that was filled by one person. But as we began to grow and scale, having those as three different job descriptions it allows you to see what you're going to need next, for sure. And then, at least at Check Off Your List, what I was able to do is look to that team member who's filling those three roles and figure out where do they best fit in that and where do they want to grow. And it also kind of helps you with career advancement in your company because then they can see how their role is going to niche into what they really care about and what they're passionate about, which then I think also helps more with employee retention and building a loyal team because they can see where their career is going at your company. And so that has been very valuable on like a next level at check off your list for sure. And now that one person who was filling three roles only fills one. And I have three people now who fill those three different roles, but it's a process to get there for sure. Yeah, but that for sure chart was definitely the first step, like you're saying.
1: Yeah. I love that example. And it's also, it helps you when you go to higher. because if you didn't have that org chart and you, if you didn't realistically see that that one person was filling three different roles, you, as you grew may have thought, oh, I just need to add another one of those people. Well, and, and I did. It's funny you say that <laughs> because
0: <laughs> I didn't know. And I, well, yes, I realize now those are three different Things right. I definitely saw marketing as something else, but I saw the customer relationship and sales especially as one unit. So I duplicated that and had two people doing that same thing and it it backfired. It didn't mm-hmm. work the way that I wanted. It wasn't set up correctly and you live by trial and error. So we adjusted. We now have that as two different responsibilities and two different roles and it works so much better, but trial and error. <laughs> yeah, so exactly. yes, what you're saying is exactly something to think through. And I failed in that the first time around for sure in that area.
1: Yeah. It's all, it's all an experience <laughs> for sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, like if you had the, the org chart and everything outlined you, you would be, you could see, um, kind of like, okay, well right now the marketing side of this person's role, the marketing component of this, really is the piece that needs to be amped up based on like the strategies and the goals that you have set for your business. And then you can say, okay, well, I'm just going to hire a person dedicated to just this piece um, and kind of redistribute or reallocate the rest of the work.
0: Yeah. And honestly, that person can help you generate the list of tasks that the new team member is going to have to do because it's already on their to-do list. It's something that they're handling Mm -hmm. and they can say, well, here are all the marketing related things that I do that we now need someone else to do so you have a good jump start from someone who's in the weeds of it so to speak and who's in the day to day and gives you a good start and a good baseline of these are the tasks that I need that person to to do.
1: Yeah, and I actually think you just brought up a really really important point is that as as soon as you have one person in a role again small dynamic teams um that person might be doing things that you're not even aware mm-hmm. that they're doing necessarily. Um, and it's all just, you know, they grow with the role and they're helping you out and you don't necessarily personally keep a very specific detailed task list of what they're doing. So it's really important to have everybody on your team keeping track of what their like live mm-hmm. job descriptions are for that reason, because then you can kind of step back every once in a while, compare that to the org chart. And then also pull that in when you're creating your ideal team member or contributor avatar. um, Because then you have that list of like, okay, this is what the person does. Yeah. And if you're
0: outsourcing correctly and you have the right team members, you're Mm -hmm. not going to know every little thing that they're doing because they're taking ownership of that role and they're growing it and they're developing it as they go and improving on it. And so I think that is important. Like, you may not know all the details, so having that person to help you along that is a step ahead and helps you skip some steps, so to speak, or at least gets you going in the right direction faster.
1: Yeah, and make sure you're informed of what's actually what's actually happening and mm-hmm. so that then you can hire properly.
0: Yeah, I think this has been such a wonderful conversation about how to figure out what you need, what you want your team to look like, and then some strategies to hire and figure out what type of person is going to best fill those needs. And so I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me and hop on this podcast. It's been wonderful being able to just chat about all of this. And so I definitely want people to be able to find you online after this episode. So can you
1: share where people can find you online? Sure. So my website is scaleandsimplify.com and and is written like the full word. Um, And I hang out on Instagram the most. And that is also just at scale and simplify. That's great. Thank you so much. And I believe you had mentioned to
0: me before that you had a digital download or a freebie that you wanted to offer
1: with this episode to kind of help people get on the right track. So uh, tell us a little bit about that. Sure. So uh, you can find it at scaleandsimplified.com forward slash cheat sheet. Um, and really, it's a list of fifty tasks that you can delegate today. But it's actually categorized by type of role. So I think you know, oftentimes online people get confused as to like, okay, do I need a VA? Is do I need a graphic designer, social media manager, whatever it might be? So this list is categorized by type of role, so that you know kind of what job title, so to speak, you are looking for when you're looking for someone. um, And then you can take that and match it to your avatar as well.
0: That's great because at Check Off Your List, we often talk to our potential clients, to small business owners, and they don't know exactly what they need. And so we kind of talk them through that and figure out which department of ours or which back office support that they could best utilize. And that sheet will be amazing to get them in the right direction. Wherever they go to find the support that they need, that sounds wonderful to be able to guide them to the right type of person. Because the VA who does it all is not who you're looking for, Mm -hmm. for sure. You want a – an expert in whatever your needs are, which can be different for every business. So I love that. We will definitely put the link for that in the show notes. And um, thank you again for hopping on and talking to me today. Thank you so much. It's been fun. Ariana shared some very specific things in our conversation about adding to your team. She talked about writing your ideal contributor avatar, which is essentially you creating an avatar that will help you hire concisely, rather than impulsively. You outline what type of team member you need in order to succeed and then it helps you find them. As you're looking for that team member, you wanna use a personality assessment so that you can find the right personality that complements you. So many times business owners say they would like to duplicate themselves. Well, Ariana made a good point that you want someone to compliment you. And a personality assessment helps you find exactly that. As you're on your journey to find a new team, you want a clear job description. Ariana points out that you want to include the good, the bad, and the ugly so that you're not wasting your time or potential team members' times. These are wonderful things to keep in mind as you consider what your company needs both short-term and long-term as you're looking to add team members to your team. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a five-star rating on your streaming platform of choice and make sure to check out our show notes at C-O-Y-L with You'll find the resources from all of our episodes right there. This podcast is brought to you by Check Off Your List.